0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Practical Medium and I am Michelle, your practical medium. So I'm going to jump right to today's topic and I'm going to talk about suicide. Suicide is a lousy act by the person who takes it, yes, and it's not something that is fun to deal with on the from the living's point of view and there is a lot of negative things to be said about it. And I'm going to address this topic today primarily because it might help people understand a little more why people to choose to commit suicide and How it relates to things on the other side and also What it is that? Why it's such an ultimate act that people take full well knowing what is going to be the outcome so to get into it <clears throat> pardon me suicide is obviously a final act it's the final thing that people do to because they simply cannot live any longer their lives have reached a point where they feel they cannot handle what's going on that they don't have any solutions that they've run out of help that um, they just can't handle things anymore and they take the ultimate choice of killing themselves and you know what it sucks it sucks for the people who are left behind they're left with a lot of pain. They're left with a lot of unanswered questions. And they have nothing really to go on, even with a suicide note, to understand why somebody did this. And it, it's, it's painful. And I'll be honest, uh, my, the infamous Tony is a suicide. And it only came out, I don't know, how long after I reopened and uh, reconnected with him. That it came out that he did do it and the reasons why he did it and maybe i'll get to that here and if he gives me permission to talk about it i'm not getting resistance so i think at this point he's not too concerned if i talk about it so anywho so it on to that i'm going to start with why people commit suicide and this is from a clinical point of view and maybe you've understood because you've had a suicide yourself and you've looked for the answers. Or maybe you've never experienced a suicide and you're just wondering, why do people do this? So I'm going to actually bring this out from the point of view of what suicides have told me. And I've, I've channeled quite a few. For some reason, I am a magnet for people who have had suicides. And I say that with all the compassion, I just happen to deal with a lot of them as a medium and it's it's strange to me that this is like this, but I guess this is part of what I'm supposed to be doing. So having gotten to that, the what I'm going to say is from the point of view that's consistent from them, is that they could not handle life anymore. They got to an end of a rope and they thought that if they pulled the trigger, took the pills, jumped off the chair whatever, that things would be done and over with. They thought it was going to be lights out forever, that they would be able to get away from all of this, permanent dirt nap, never have to face anything again, and it would be sweet, sweet release. Well, I'm here to tell you, it's not what they expected, and I will get to that down the road. However, their decisions, all of them come to me and say, I couldn't handle it anymore. I couldn't handle what was in my head. The life stuff is, you know, like you have people who are under a lot of pressure and you think that they commit, you would think they commit suicide. The reason for committing suicide is the crap they were going through. And I they, I don't think I've had a suicide tell me that the financial or emotional pressures or any other pressure going through their life was really the trigger for them to actually take the uh, take the final step. What was the trigger was, to them, was the fact that their brains would not quit. They got no relief from anything. There was no break in the cycles of depression, anxiety, mania. Um, And even somebody who's very normal can present to you very normally and have this stuff going on in their head, which is why you would never suspect them of being Mm -hmm. a potential suicide because they learn, you know, they learn how to front and make you think that they're normal. Very, you know, it takes practice, but they figure it out. I can't let somebody see what's in my head is what I hear a lot of. So uh, the um, the reasoning for suicide, again, is they wanted relief from it. Sometimes medications work, sometimes they don't. And sometimes they start working for a while and then they stop working and they go right back to where they were. And I this is why I have a lot of compassion for people who commit suicide because I've been there myself, obviously not to the point where I was driven to take action, but I have been in severe manic states from anxiety or depression, and it's not fun. Fortunately for me, medications worked and helped me get back to who I am as a human being, but for a lot of these people... And I'll be honest, I talk to mostly men. I don't think I've had a female suicide yet. Not to say that I haven't, but all the people that have come to me have been men. And they all just say that it was, they just didn't know what to do anymore. And they needed an out and they could not find an out. They couldn't find a better way from this. Uh, They couldn't find a better way to get out of this stuff. And it sucks, but sometimes we kind of have to accept and I don't like the, putting it like this way, but there's sometimes the, the world, I guess you could say, has to accept that sometimes there is just nothing more that can be done to fix somebody. That the end result is that they were always going to commit suicide or that they were going to crack under the pressure and become somebody you wouldn't have recognized. In their minds, dignity was preserved by committing suicide. And they preserved their memories. People have of them. Uh, they preserved the good stuff, and they didn't have to go down the the ultimate slide da- that they felt the ultimate slide towards being in the locked room in the straitjacket, the padded the padded room with a the straitjacket. They wanted to avoid that. And you know, even though these days we don't necessarily do that anymore, there you know, people do get institutionalized and. They're not always better for it. So that is a lot of the that's the emotional reasoning behind doing this deed. It's not a pleasant one. It's not a pleasant thought. I will admit that it's not something that we all want and, and really want to contemplate. But if you're looking to understand what goes through the heads of suicides, there you go. That is the condensed version. But it's pretty much everything that I've been told. This is what they come to me and say. I couldn't take it anymore. I had no help or I, even if I did have help, it wasn't enough because I was just not, I was losing my shit. And enough was enough. And I had to check out. So, now, there's there's probably going to be more to this that comes who knows and if i come back to it during you know they come back to me with it but i'll come back to it later in the, the podcast but i'm going to jump to they were looking for the sweet release and permanent uh non-existence which did not happen now i will <clears throat> preface this part by saying that i've never met a suicide who said they were in hell they will say I've, i'm still in my own personal hell it's just not as bad as it was when i was alive because i don't have the body chemicals but now i have to look back and i have to see what i did to the people that love me <clears throat> and i have to deal with what i you know how i ruined their lives and that doesn't make them feel any better so there's no winning if for, so, so to speak with a suicide We might think that these lucky bastards got to check out and never have to deal with this crap ever again. I'm here to tell you they still have to deal with it. They now have it. Then they have a new set of things to deal with. Now, again, as I said, body chemicals being gone means the surges and the rushes that come from bad wiring and bad chemical processing in the brain and body aren't there. But the memory is still very there, much there. And it is very possible for somebody to still go back into a manic phase, even though they don't have a body. So not only do they have that crap going on, they also now have the the, the widened perspective that comes without having a body of seeing their family members suffering for their, for their actions. And they don't exactly, uh, hmm, how do I put it, they're not happy about it. Because they, not only did they not get the promise of a permanent sleep and a permanent escape, they now have to figure out how to make up to those people that they left behind. And guess what? They have to wait for these people to live out their lives, which can be decades, you know, 40, 50, 60 years before it is time for them to come home and, um, you know, and, and settle things and ask why and resolve the issues that um, were generated by them not being there in life. So it's a, it's a double whammy. You don't just, not, you, you, not only do you wake up, you wake up and you see what you left behind in your wake. And only the most nastiest, hard, heartless, hardened asshole is unfazed by this. And we all know that they exist, but it's rare, they're not that common. So you can pretty much rely that most suicides have massive regrets about what they did. And now they have to not only deal with their own issues they also have to deal with the living and what they did and they had to put everything to rest and 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 find some peace because this is what they wanted was peace relief away from this crap and it didn't happen so they have more work to do the suicides really seriously do have a lot more work to do so now they not only have to you know so now they take all this and now they have to like well they can either be miserable and keep dealing, or, and I shit you not, they can go get counseling for this, because there is counseling on the other side, just like it is here, where they can go and talk to somebody, and find resolution, and determine what is the best course of action for themselves, and and just basically find what peace they can, because peace doesn't come until everybody's home, and everybody's had a chance to get angry with them to their face, and I'm serious about that because when you have a suicide you um you as in a theoretical you you have um you have a loss a sudden loss a no, no chance to say goodbye to this person no chance to try to help them no chance to try to avert the final outcome and no nothing you had you you everything was robbed from you the living person Everything you wanted, you would have wanted to do for that person had you known, had they spoken up, um, and you tried to help them, would was taken from you. So you are not only dealing with the fact, the, all this, with that, with that. How do I put it? The ineffectiveness, the feeling of I could have done a lot more. You're dealing with the loss of somebody. You're dealing with that pain. You're dealing with the grief. It's very complex, and it is hard to get past that um and i think honestly of all the kinds of grief a suicide is probably up there in terms of the one of the worst kinds of grief to go through a sudden somebody who dies suddenly at least um they didn't give they, they, they weren't something that you could have changed or fixed uh because the cause of their death was sudden that's a little more easier to accept i believe than a suicide because a suicide has, somebody was normal, happy seeming, because a lot of times suicides um, become happy and positive when they finally made their decision to, to take the, to make the deed. And uh, so you had, you know, they went out on a party. And um, it reminds me of a story I know of, of, a, of an old friend whose brother committed suicide. He had a party that night. And I'm going to tell this story because it might be of interest uh, to some that he had a party, and it went on all night long. Went on to the wee hours in the morning until the sun came up. As soon as the sun came up, he kicked everybody out the door. And everybody was outside of his house, trying to wake up, trying to get themselves sober enough to go home. And the guy goes to, the, to his front window and um, picks up a shotgun and blows his brains out in front of everybody. He really went out on a high. But man, I can tell you this much. He did not get the relief he was looking for. He just made everybody... He, he just traumatized a whole bunch of people. He traumatized his family. And he be, he just took away options for everybody who still loved him. So, you know, it's not that I'm saying people shouldn't commit suicide or whatever. It's not my opinion how you live your life. I think that, that um, you know... It is what it is and I've been through it, like I said, but it still sucks. It's a crappy thing to do to people, you know, and it's just, there's no stopping it. There's no changing what happens. All I can do is say to the people who might be contemplating it, guess what? Your shit doesn't go away when you die. Hold on as long as you can because it's better than not. So now that I've gotten inadvertently onto my soapbox, I will get back off it. But, um, you know, suicide's just something that some people take. It's an option they take. A uh, very famous one from last, I think, what was it? Um, last summer. It was Anthony Bourdain. The man who had it all, traveled the world, ate beautiful, ate one, saw beautiful locations, ate wonderful food. Even he was not immune from from the siren call of death. And... Again, I can guarantee you, he found out the hard way that it wasn't what he was expecting. So, on that note, I'm going to cover what it is that does happen when people commit suicide. I will start by saying that everyone tells me, and I, I will not—I will say, I mean, everybody who has passed, that no matter under their circumstances, they did not expect to wake back up. And it's common because, well, <laughs> the way we think about death, we think of it as permanent. So we don't think that we're going to wake back up. And That's very normal. But the suicides are very much more upset that not only did they wake up, they also woke up with their problems intact and now they made them worse. So this is where a process begins. This is where the process of healing begins. And why this has to happen, I can't tell you. But when I have had a suicide come to me, I've told them that the one thing that they have to do is that they have to find everybody in that came into their life and that they affected by their suicide. They have to go and apologize to them. They have to go to them, and even though the living person can't hear them, they still have to do this apology because it's um, repairing their own fabric, I guess you could say. It's giving them closure. It is apologizing for what they did. It is telling people, I am so sorry that I did this to you and I know I will never make up for it while you were still alive, but I will do what I can until it is time for you to come home. They you they can say whatever they want in in terms of an apology, but they do have to do the apology. Because it is how they start forward with their healing. Now they do have to go find it inside themselves to want to go get the therapy they need and uh, to to heal what was inside of them that even that drove them to suicide in the first place. But this is a two-way street, and this is gonna might be hard for some people who have lost somebody to suicide, and it might take time. It might take years, decades for this to happen. But the best thing somebody can do for somebody they've lost to suicide is to forgive them and that is the hardest part of suicide because suicide the creates such anger and betrayal and strong negative emotions of why could how did you do this why could you do this to me you know and the pain of the loss it is it takes a long time to heal from and some people never really get past it and i will never be one the first person to say i don't blame you what they did was a was a major betrayal it was the worst one because it's finally you can't just pull them out of wherever they're at and say you asshole! i can't believe you did this and smack them around a little bit you just don't have that or do you guess what you can you can do it you can go to that person who committed suicide just pull them up in your memory, or just imagine them standing in front of you. Whatever works for you. And you yell at them. You tell them everything you think about them. And it doesn't matter how many times you do this, you can do it once, you can do it five times, you can do it 10, a thousand, until you can do it no more. But this, believe it or not, helps the person who committed suicide. It helps them heal and, Helping them heal helps you heal. It helps you feel a little better. helps you feel a little less stress and lets you kind of move on with your life a little better knowing that you've gotten something out instead of bottling it up inside. So never hesitate. You know, and you might feel that this is wrong. This is denigrating the memory of the person who left under such extreme circumstances. I tell you what, that is societal bullshit. We are conditioned by society to speak nice about the dead. Why? Why should somebody who was a piece of crap when they were alive all of a sudden be a saint? They may have nice qualities about them. That That makes them less crappy in hindsight. But you know what? A suicide, especially a suicide, has upturned many people's lives. And they leave behind a wreck. They leave behind messes. They leave behind things that people have to scramble to cover. And um, it's not fair. So why should all of a sudden they become a saint because because they did something that trashed people's lives? That's why those who have lost somebody to suicide absolutely need to go ahead and release their anger. Because it's good for you, and it's good for the person who died, because they know where they stand, and they know that you have you're not harboring anything, you're not holding anything back, that you are telling them what you feel about them. And when they know that, they're on firmer footing. They know that things can, you know, there's always going to be the opportunity to clear the air when you go home or you go see a medium and talk to the person through the medium, however you do it but it needs it should be done it should not be bottled up and a therapist would most likely say the same thing it's just good to get this stuff out and in the case of a suicide it is ulti- it is the best medicine in terms of healing and again it doesn't have to be it, it can be at any time after the event it doesn't have to be immediately it doesn't have to be you know in the months following or can be. It's whenever you feel like it. So suicides <clears throat> are expecting that. Pardon me. Clearing my throat. Um, they are expecting to be yelled at. And when they don't, you kind of leave them adrift in that kind of way. They don't know where they stand with you. They don't know how you feel about what you did. They need the anger to... It's Because anger is cleansing, believe it or not. It burns things away. And you will, you, when you pull that anger out and you keep pulling it out, eventually you have nothing left and you can release yourself and relieve yourself of those things. And you know what? The person on the other side can do the same. They feel freer to release their own agony and be able to heal themselves and be not a functional person because the stuff that drove them to suicide is still there. They still need help, but they can have a little stronger... They feel more complete. Uh, I get the lack of a better word. I don't really have a good word to describe the feelings that I've gotten. But I have had suicides come to me and say, tell my people, get angry with me. I need this. I need this fire. I need this cleansing. I need it. And I need it so I can move forward and they can move forward. So just do it. If you have had a suicide, or you know somebody who's had a suicide, you might want to encourage them to go get angry at them. It sounds weird to tell you to somebody, oh, you just lost your person, I'm so sorry, but maybe you want to get angry at them and call them every name in the book. It's just something healthy, and it's maybe something that we need to start considering when it comes, openly, when it comes to losing people to suicide. So, on that note... As I said, suicides are not in hell. They are in their own personal hell. There is no ultimate punishment for committing suicide. The punishment is seeing what they did to themselves and what they did to their families. And even though some people will actually, in, when it comes to life contracts, um, and I will have to talk about that in other podcasts, what a life contract is, they will this put that as an out, believe it or not, that it seems like a voluntary decision, but it's actually something that gets planned even before we're physical, that they will plan it, but they don't really have the concept of how strongly it affects people on this side when they go ahead and do it. Because when we're not physical we go, Oh, yeah, we you know what, okay, let's have an early out and um because we know we'll see everybody again. So and we know we've seen everybody again anytime other things and it doesn't, you know, not big deal, right? Right, yeah, let's just write it in there and take that in case it comes to, um, in case we need to take it. And then we're physical, we go through our life, holy crap, this is worse than we ever imagined it would be. Although we don't think that consciously, we're not supposed to be aware of this. And it's time to take my out. Well, yeah, so on the one hand it's planned, but on the other hand, it's still traumatic. It still messes with the head, even though we're not physical. It still makes our life, you know, we still have to see what we've done. And it's a rotten, awful, nasty shit. I could not tell you how awful suicides feel towards the people that they left behind. Because they can't say, I'm sorry anymore. They can't tell them to that person and say, I'm so sorry I did this. And even if they could, they might get a shoe or more thrown at them. They might get the frying pan thrown at them. So there's, it's complex, but, um, you know, suicides, they ultimately need forgiveness. They ultimately need love, but the anger needs to come out before the love and the forgiveness comes when the living is ready for it. Not any time before that and not a moment too soon because we have to heal. They have to heal. And since they're not here to do it with us, we kind of have to release them by giving them forgiveness when we are ready so they can heal. And it's a little tit-for-tat. And it's not very common in the other side that we have tit-for-tat at suicides. Well, they did something to hurt people. And they did something that was of the highest, nastiest order. So they have a bit of a thread that gets tied between us, this side and that side, that will not be cut until we tell them it's okay, move on. We'll see you soon. But in the meantime, you need to know this how I feel about you. So, on that note, and I keep saying so, and I need to stop it. That's a bad habit. On this note, food for thought, and um, any questions whatsoever, I will put my email address in the box below and my website, which honestly, I'm not keeping up with the blog a whole lot lately. I'm trying to revamp the website, and I not having a lot of time to do so. But if you have any questions, any comments, anything you'd like to uh, ask me to enlighten you further on, quotes around the enlightened, um, please do let me know. I am, my, my, the, (laughs) the door is open. So on that note, I hope you all are having a decent time of it. And if you're in springtime weather, that you're actually getting springtime warmth. And if it's winter for you, that the heat has taken a break. And, Pleasant journeys and safe travels, everyone.